So if you know anything about investing money in the stock market, you have probably heard that old financial adage of buy low and sell high. And I remember the first time that someone said that and I was like, am I missing something? (laughs) That is the most obvious advice I've ever heard. But then I got my first job that offered a retirement plan and I got a little bit of money invested in some, you know, an index fund of some kind or a retirement fund. And I started to watch that money, even though I couldn't really touch it. And it wasn't very much money. And it wasn't like I was choosing stocks individually. I remember how strong the reflex was when I would watch the number go down, be like, I put $1,000 in there and now there's only $700 in there. This thing doesn't work. I'm going to take it out and just keep my cash stuffed in a mattress (laughs) in my room, right? I remember how strong that feeling was. So the reason that that advice exists, the reason that people say that all the time is that even though we know in our minds that we should buy something when it's inexpensive and sell it when it's expensive or, you know, (laughs) generally speaking, take that tack, when the market is not being kind, people tend to panic and sell. We all have that sort of instinctive feeling that we need to flee when the ship is sinking, whether it's financial or otherwise, right? However, we've also all heard about people who take advantage of situations like that. And, you know, sometimes in an evil way or whatever, but I mean, think about the uh, beginning of COVID when all of a sudden Zoom stock went zooming through the roof or, um, you know, the, the pharmaceutical companies who made certain kinds of antivirals were all of a sudden getting tons and tons of investment and money. There are winners even when the majority of people are losers. So today I wanted to talk a little bit about what feels like the elephant in the corner of the room. There is nothing good about the news right now about the economic forecast in the coming months and potentially even years. With gas prices through the roof and the cost of basic things like groceries and everything else going up and the uncertainty that that creates, it's very easy as a small business owner who is running an unnecessary business, and I've said this before, I don't care what your prices are, we as photographers offer a luxury service. No one needs to hire a photographer. So when the economic news out there basically says over and over and over again that times are tough and they may get tougher, it is easy to feel really scared. And it's true. There are going to be photographers who struggle through the next months, years. There are going to be photographers who fail. And then there are going to be photographers who come through this period or any other period of economic downturn stronger than ever. Now, none of us know what the future holds. I am not an economist. I don't necessarily understand everything that's going on. But what I do understand is how we can prepare ourselves and our businesses to be ready for whatever storms may come. And the best way that we can do that 
is to have a plan. So that is what we are going to talk about today. Welcome to This Can't Be That Hard. My name is Anami Tonkin, and I help photographers run profitable, sustainable businesses that they love. Each week on the podcast, I cover simple, actionable strategies and systems that photographers at every level of experience can use to earn more money in a more sustainable way. Running a photography business doesn't have to be that hard. You can do it, and I can show you how. So the first thing that I want to talk about when it comes to preparing for a potential downturn in the economy is mindset. Now, you know me, there's not a lot of woo going on here, <laughs> but your mindset is not woo. Having a, a particular kind of outlook or keeping control of the way that our fearful brain can go running to very dark corners is an important piece of preparing yourself to make decisions. And the first thing that I think we need to do when we're considering our mindset about tough times is to commit to our own future. If photography is something that you are ambivalent about and you don't really want to hold the uncertainty of being a small business owner in a tumultuous, you know, economic sea, then there is nothing wrong with admitting that to yourself and saying, I am not going to fight for this business at all costs. It's not that important to me. Uh, it's more important to me that my family has security and financial security and all those kinds of things. And if X, Y, Z happen, if my you know inquiries dry up and I don't make X amount of money in this amount of time, then I am going to close my business and I am going to go back to my nine to five job. That's okay if that's the right answer for you. However, if you are like me, I have no intention of going back to my nursing job. I have no intention of going back to work for other people. There are things about my business, both the people that I serve and the fact that I have so much freedom as an entrepreneur that I, that are extremely important to me. Now, I would not say, you know, never say never. If I couldn't feed my children, I would obviously do whatever it took to make sure that I got to the place where I could. So, you know, I I would never coach you to, to make a hard and firm thing and then like die on that hill. But you can say to yourself, I am going to make this work and I'm going to use my creative brain to figure out what I need to do, no matter what obstacles get put in my way. So, that's mindset piece number one, is that you kind of have to decide what your stakes are, what your commitment level is. And then the second piece of the mindset puzzle for me in this situation is really about how we take whatever fears or negative thoughts or concerns that we have and put them on other people. Namely, we put them on our clients and our potential clients. So all of a sudden, when we're worried about money, the easiest thing in the world is to start assuming that the people who might hire us or have hired us in the past are having exactly the same struggles with money that we are. And that is a dangerous assumption to make. You go into a conversation with a prospective client with a certain kind of aura <laughs> while we're doing the little bit of woo. I will, I will say, I will use that word aura to describe the way that you show up to a conversation 
especially when it comes to money. So any day, even if you're not particularly worried about the big capital E economy out there, when you get on the phone or have a conversation with someone about the what you charge to do your work, you show up to that with a certain kind of uh, attitude or atmosphere. And people pick up on that, not necessarily in a conscious way, but on a subconscious level. And I say this to my students all the time. If you are not, if you don't believe in the price point that you are putting on your work, if you don't believe in your bones that you can deliver what you are offering when you put together an offer, it's going to show and people aren't going to hire you. They're not going to trust you if you don't trust yourself. So take that and add to it sort of this like dark cloud of, you know, the negative news cycle and all that sort of stuff. And it's really easy to start to show up to those kinds of conversations, assuming that someone isn't going to want to pay what you need to charge. If you allow yourself to do that, you will see a downturn in the number of people who are willing to hire you. It's just that simple. So you need to work on your own mindset around promising yourself that when someone calls you, for all you know, they have more money than God (laughs) and your pithy $1,000 or $2,000 or $5,000, you know, price point on your business won't cause them any problem whatsoever. It is only with that kind of mindset that you are going to connect with people and make them feel comfortable with what you're offering. The next step, once we kind of do this little mindset audit, is to actually do a numbers audit and a more sort of tactical audit in your business. So if you haven't run your numbers in the last six months, now is a good time to do that. You sit down, you look at the money that's coming in, you look at the money that's going out, and you get a very clear picture of what the health, the overall sort of monetary health of your business is. In particular, I do want you to consider your expenses. So we all have subscriptions that we, you know, pay for. We have equipment that we own. We have software that we subscribe to. And all of those things can be audited to decide what am I using? What's contributing to my business? What do I not need? What could I consolidate? I mean, maybe if you have a bag full of prime lenses that could be sold and replaced with a couple of zooms, that could be something that you decide to do. I mean, obviously that's just one small way that you could, uh, that you could fix this particular issue. But if you subscribe, I mean, many of us have subscription payments that we make that have kind of trailed off in the way that we use them, or there's, you know, software that you use where you own three different pieces of software, or you subscribe to three different kinds of software when actually one of them now has a feature that allows you to, you know, to let go of one of the other subscriptions. One of those for me was that um, I used to pay for Acuity scheduling software for my uh, clients to make phone call appointments with me. And then when I switched my CRM to Dubsado, they have a scheduler. So I got rid of Acuity and now I'm only paying for Dubsado. So those kinds of consolidations, they're not always easy to do really quickly, but if you're aware of them, if you are, you know, (laughs) aware enough to know what the different options are and you see that there is some overlap, then you can either go ahead and get rid of that one or make a plan and say, at the end of the year, I'm going to phase out 
you know, this one piece of software. So the audit allows you to know what there is that you can do and then make a plan to get it done. But the thing that I want to caution you about when it comes to this audit is that, again, (laughs) you need to approach this with a level head. You need to do this when you are in a mindset and a headspace of abundance and confidence rather than one of scarcity and panic, right? There are certain tools that you need to have in order to do your job well. You are a professional photographer. You can't sell off all your professional equipment. <laughs> so that's an obvious one. But um, but there are less obvious ones. Our brains, when they are panicked, will be very quick to tell you, oh, look, you're paying $60 a month for your CRM. You don't need that. Or, you know, oh, you wanted to go to that conference. You had money set aside to um, take that course, whatever, you know, the education ones are. That's an easy one to be like, oh, I don't need that. I don't need that. But the truth of the matter is that a healthy business (laughs) where you are feeding yourself creatively and you are, you know, putting time and money and effort into your business, those things are required to run a business that is um, that is meets the level of you know competitive level that it needs to, we I would say that most people listening to this podcast know that your ability to run a business goes beyond just owning a camera. So when you are thinking about these things, make sure you are being smart and not panicky. If your software allows you to automate certain things, deliver a better client experience, and ultimately save yourself time, I would say that that's a necessary piece of software. You know, if this conference that you want to go to or have gone to in the past is something that you need to reset your emotional and artistic self, go for it. Don't Hang on, guys. I have a quick message for you. Did you know that This Can't Be That Hard isn't the only podcast I host? Each month, my marketing director, Dana, and I team up to bring you a fresh injection of marketing ideas and inspiration on our other podcast called The Consistency Club. The podcast is free and available to any photographer looking to uplevel their marketing game, or you can take it one step further and join The Consistency Club, where you get the extended version of the podcast along with monthly email and social media templates, bonus trainings, and special access to the live marketing events we host twice a year. If you're interested in tuning in, you can search for and subscribe to The Consistency Club wherever you listen to podcasts. If you'd like to join us in the membership, you can visit go.thiscantbethathard.com slash club to sign up. Panic and cut that off the, off the list just because you are anticipating a run of, you know, no, no business whatsoever. Then once we've done sort of the mental audit and the numbers audit in our business, then you want to get to kind of the realistic side of things. And you want to ask the question, what if? Okay, so what if bad things do happen in the economy and it does affect the number of inquiries I'm getting or it does affect the budget that my ideal clients 
are willing to put toward photography. That is a potential real issue. It might not be, and we don't want to assume it, but it could be. And so there are a few ways that you can bolster your business, make plans now, so that if and when that does come to pass, then you have an offer that's ready. So a while back, um, I believe it was episode 60 on the podcast. This was sort of in the midst, maybe six or seven months into COVID. All these photographers had had like a major setback in the number of inquiries they were getting and the number of bookings that they were getting and what they were able to offer to their clients. And I brought a handful of women onto the podcast to talk about these kinds of back pocket offers that they had created in their businesses that were doing really well. Again, it's episode 60. I believe it is called Creativity in the Face of COVID. And if you haven't heard that or you haven't heard it in a while, I would recommend going back and listening to that. We talked about a handful of different things, including half offers or like half sessions, shared sessions. I believe that we talked about like school portraits that were, you know, backyard school portrait type things. And whether or not those specifically apply to your business, I think that conversation was a great one to get the wheels turning about how what we offer can be kind of shaken up and presented in a different way that might be more appealing to someone when their uh, budget shrinks a bit. And I call these back pocket offers because, again, I don't want you to immediately, with the assumption that no one is going to be willing to pay your standard prices, take your current offer off the table and replace it with these back pocket offers, these alternative offers. Instead, what I would suggest you do is that you create the offer, you run the numbers, you make sure that you're reining the offer in to the extent that whatever it is is still profitable, even at a lower price point, and then you keep that in your back pocket. And when someone reaches out to you and says, I want to have a session with you, you talk to them about your normal session stuff. And then if they seem like a really great client and it's a good fit and they want to work with you, but the money's just a little tight right now or they're a little too hesitant, you can pull that offer out of your back pocket and say, hey, sounds like this is a little bit of a stretch for you at the moment. If that doesn't work, I want to give you another option. Here it is. And you've got that ready to go. Other options that I would tell you to consider now to have in place so that if and when things get rocky, you are a little bit better able to weather that storm. You've heard me talk before about the membership model that I use in my portrait business. I just so happened to launch that in 2019. I set it up so that my family clients who were typically coming back to me every maybe 18 months to 36 months, I made them an offer that included a family session every year. Their payments were divided out over the year. So they were, you know, auto drafting their credit cards a little bit each month. And that made it so that not only were they working with me more frequently than they had been in the past, typically, but also... I was able to rely on a certain amount of money every month. Worked nicely for them because it was pretty budget friendly in terms of, you know, they could they could assume like, okay, I know that that $90 or $120 is going to go out every month, but it wasn't like the $1,500 hit that would come if they just decided to do a family session. Uh, but it also stabilized my income. So that made it better for me. 
If you were to set something up like that now, that would mean that it would take the marketing pressure off for you. It would stabilize your income, but it would also give your clients the ability to plan better for their sessions with you. The things that they want, but they're subject to these, you know, panicky situations just like we are when it comes to rough economic waters. So if you give them a way to easily say yes to working with you with a membership, you may very well make it so that it's easier for you. If you don't know about the course that I offer on that, you can find out more information at thiscan'tbethathard.com slash revenue. Uh, The course is called Revenue on Repeat, and I teach you how to set up and offer a membership in your business. The third thing that I would recommend is that you consider, if you are not up to date with your email list, dusting that off and working on building those connections with your clients in a way that you can control. Social media is, you know, it is what it is. Like we're all on there. I'm not telling you to turn your social media off, but take the time once every couple of weeks at the very most spaced out, I would say once a month to reach out to your past clients and anyone else who signs up for your email list to touch base. It does not have to be salesy. Every once in a while, absolutely, you should remind them that they, you know, you have space in your calendar, go ahead and uh, reach out to book. But by doing that, by getting back in their inbox now, you are getting them used to hearing from you. They, You are keeping yourself top of mind. If you are a family photographer, you are reminding them once every couple of weeks that like family photos are amazing. Look at these gorgeous photos that I take. And they're thinking like, oh, yeah, we should we should go ahead and book um, her or him. So I, I very much recommend that you start connecting with your clients in a way that you can control. All of this to say that you need to have a plan. Again, this is where it's so important to know your numbers and not only your numbers, but really your emotional tolerance for things getting slow. If you have, you know, let's say that you have $10,000 that you've saved up that's sort of your business reserve, and you know that that means that your business can continue to run for however many months if you stop making money, that's all fine and good until you actually start to chip into that $10,000 and it goes down to $8,000 and then $6,000. Like, you're probably not going to let that go to zero before you say, I need to do something else, right? So know what your buffer is. Know what your emotional tolerance for these waves is. And then figure out your plan for how you're going to manage that. You can do a lot right now to educate yourself on how your business could be profitable. Um, You know, I talk a lot about how a low-priced business can absolutely be profitable as long as the volume is there to accommodate for the lower prices. You need to decide for yourself what you're willing to do in order to keep your business afloat. You may say, I am totally fine with, you know, bringing my prices down to half of what they currently are and taking on twice the number of clients, but I'm not willing to do, you know, a 75% reduction and quadruple the number of clients that I'm working with. That's totally fine. You just kind of need to know where your personal boundaries are. This is your business. Again, it's a profitable, sustainable business that you love. You want to 
always keep in balance your determination to make it work (laughs) and what it's worth to you from sort of an emotional standpoint. But once you map that out, once you decide what your personal boundaries are around kind of the way that you would be willing to run your business, I want you to write that down. I want you to write it down now so that you have that for if and when there is that moment of panic. You want to give yourself markers. You want to say, if I haven't gotten an inquiry in a month, this is what I'm going to do. Whatever those markers are for you, whether it's like a savings account goes below a certain amount or, um, or yeah, the number of bookings and that sort of thing, give yourself those road signs so that you know when the time has come to make a shift and then give yourself a plan. Like if this happens, then this is what I'm going to do. The fact of the matter is (laughs) we are human beings. We're not robots. We're not spreadsheets. Like it's all fine and good to look at the numbers and say, well, this is what I can do from a financial perspective. But you have to sort of take into account your emotional self as you make your plan. So on a final note... (laughs) I fear a little bit that this episode is going to come across as like a giant bummer, right? I sound, I know I sound pessimistic here and I don't mean to. Pessimism is one of those things that in my life I have found that the pessimistic people out there often sound smarter. They sound more persuasive than the optimists because the optimists are it's easy to dismiss them as like, uh, you're just, you know, you're Pollyanna-ing this situation. And when something isn't going well, it's easy to think and believe that it will continue to not go well. And I absolutely agree. The whole episode here is me agreeing that it is smart to have a plan for if and when things don't go well, because they won't always. But whereas pessimism is a quality that helps us to avoid loss, it will help us sort of save ourselves, get ourselves out. It can also be a quality that makes us miss out on potential opportunities or potential gains. Optimism is the thing that helps us keep our heads up and our eyes out for opportunities. Problems of all kinds are the things that create demand for solutions, right? And that, whatever the problem and whatever the, um, the, the need you may see, if you are keeping your head up, may very well spark your creative brain to create, you know, some kind of change that only an optimist might see. And it may be the thing that ends up, you know, changing your whole business for the better. As you likely know by now, my own best business ideas have been born out of some of the darkest periods of my life when I was feeling significant insecurity. However, I am an optimist at heart and I had this like, come on, we can do this. Let's see what we can do to push through and figure out what the solution is. And that is how Simple Sales was born. It's how my membership was born. Um, But I had to be optimistic enough to give them a chance in the first place. So yes, the news is rough these days. And I don't want to pretend like that doesn't have real effects on our lives and our businesses and our potential clients' behavior. But instead of shutting down, I want you to get smart. 
I want you to make a plan. I want you to have faith in yourself to weather whatever storm may come because it is only from that space of safety and feeling like we have the anchor of a plan that we can truly be our best creative selves, whether it is in service of our art or our businesses or both. You guys have a great week. Well, that's it for this week's episode of This Can't Be That Hard. I'll be back same time, same place next week. In the meantime, you can find more information about this episode, along with all the relevant links, notes, and downloads at thiscan'tbethathard.com slash learn. If you like the podcast, be sure to hit the subscribe button. Even better, share the love by leaving a review in iTunes. And as always, thanks so much for joining me. I hope you have a fantastic week.